Hello, and welcome to uh, the Bonus Room Podcast. Uh, my name is Ben, and tonight I am joined by some lovely people. Do you want to introduce yourselves again? <laughs> Why do you keep doing this? It never works, and you still right, Tonight I am joined by Clancy, first. Connor, and Tim Pato Patterson. Uh, we will be discussing uh, many, many things tonight on the show. Um, but first of all, I would like to begin by doing our weekly session of what have you been playing? And I would like you guys to inform me what games have you been playing this week? I'm, I'm still yet to understand why exactly we do this, but I've been playing Mafia 3. Um, oh, nice. Is that, a, is that the third which... sequel to the card game? Mafia. I don't even. Oh wait. Oh, as in the one where you like sit around in a circle. <laughs> yeah, the role playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How exciting. Um, no, Mafia Three is like a GTA style sort of open world crime game thing. Whatever. Um, about the mafia. Is... About the mafia. Surprise, surprise. Is that just the western <laughs> port of Yakuza? Um, I don't know. I've never played Yakuza, and I've barely played GTA, so I've got nothing really to compare it to. Okay, is this your first <laughs> car driving open world game? Is this your first um, game? Yeah, it's the first time I've ever played a video game. Um, wow. Okay. So, which, like, mechanically, it's like fine. There's sort of nothing really that stands out. It's just like a generic sort of driving around cars and shooting people, you know, like cover shooter style. Um, which is kind of everywhere, but I think it does quite well in terms of, um, like sound design, both music and like sound effects and stuff. Um, and like character design animation, um, it's got sort of pretty nice facial animation. They're pretty expressive and stuff, um, with like motion capture and stuff. So yeah, I, I think artistically it's, it's pretty good. Um, but it's really nothing new in terms of mechanics. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting, and and yeah, I I don't know if like how all that compares to something like Yakuza or the latest Grand Theft Auto game. Um, like they might be doing just as well in those areas, for all I know. But my impression is that they're not. Most important question about any sandbox driving game. Mm. How is the radio channel selection? Radio channels are awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're fun to listen um, to. If I you think, like a certain era, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's so it's set in 1968, and all the music is and um, like the radio programs that come on while you're driving around are from that era. Um, so like, and the music like consistently was music that. It, um, was either great or was great and I've like heard it because it's like Aretha Franklin or something and they're just sort of awesome icons of the era um, so that's yeah that was cool <laughs> um, and the, the radio programs themselves um, that might come on are quite interesting to listen to like you, you've got um, a lot of people sort of talking about basically the context that everything's happening like the, the radio is used quite effectively to sort of provide context to what's going on in terms of civil rights movement in terms of um the uh, vietnam war that's going on at the same time um so you got radio programs from like 
um, people who are saying, oh, black and white people are equal, but, you know, we don't want them in the same neighborhood, <laughs> all that kind of thing. So that, um, all this kind of radio programs that sound like they're kind of the nice kind of family friendly stuff. And then they say something that's kind of insidiously racist, um, I suppose. And and then you've got, you know, on the other side, if you're driving through a black neighborhood, you might start to hear um, radio pr- programs that are um, more, we need to sort of fight for our rights and all that kind of thing. Um, and similar stuff on the, um, on wars and stuff. Um, mm. And it's actually speaking of the neighborhoods, there is, I don't know, like, 10 different sort of segments of the city that you're driving through, um, like distinctly um, sort of different areas, like ports and suburban areas and... um, And a lava level. Like, stuff like that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And they're... Some of them are sort of poorer and some of them uh, have have more black people in them and stuff, um, and some of them are quite wealthy. And if you're in an area which is quite wealthy, the cops will, like, hassle you over, like, the tiniest thing and you'll just, like, have cops everywhere. Because oh, you're playing as a black guy, by the way. I forgot to mention. Oh! <laughs> um, I've played, so, like, five minutes of this game. Yeah, so... If you're, like, holding a gun, right... Just like not shooting it or anything, just like holding a gun. You have to hold it um, sideways. Then and you're in sort of um, the, I think it's Southwood Downs or something, which is like this sort of rich white estate area where just like black people don't go. <laughs> um, and there's like Ku Klux Klan and stuff hanging out there and everything. Um, like if you do the Chinese thing, the cops are just like on you immediately. Like I- I've been I've been hanging out there doing absolutely nothing wrong and they're just like right cops (laughs) um whereas you can run around in like the ghetto black area and shoot people and blow up stuff and the cops probably won't show up at all um because it's just black people killing black people and they don't care um so there's all sorts of stuff like that where i think it's um incorporated sort of the context into the gameplay um in nice ways is it accurate um, or is it like uh, reimagining over dramatized? The same way GDA is like uh, satire of contemporary culture. Is this? Uh, I mean, oh, it's more serious. It's set fifty years ago, so I don't know how right. accurate it is. <laughs> yeah, I, that's. I've always wanted to take one but, of these games and like have some elderly person that has actually the sit yeah. down and play through it. Like I don't know, but I just it feels like it's trying to be fairly grounded. The action is a little bit over the top, but mm. it's that kind of game. I wouldn't really expect it to be otherwise. But in terms of like the story and the um, yeah, like the the world that you're in feels fairly grounded. <clears throat> okay. So one of my favorite things about Mafia was that um, being appropriate to the to the era. If you if you perform a crime when there's no police around, someone will run to the phone, and you have a chance to take them out before they can warn the yeah. police. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Um, there's some pretty cool gameplay stuff, yeah, around that that I thought was yeah. good. Yeah, 
there's there's a lot of sort of good ideas and good sort of little things. Yeah. I, I feel I my impression of what happened with Mafia is they had some really sort of dedicated, involved people who really wanted to make it an amazing game and they had some great ideas. Um and that was more on like the design side and the art side and the sound side. And they just didn't have the resources to um, back that up with sort of innovative mechanics. Um, and there's a whole lot of sort of bugs and issues and stuff like that with it, where I feel like they just didn't have the, the time or, um, or the resources to ensure that their quality assurance was great. So, yeah, it, it's got flaws, but I think they're more to do with um, a, a lack of sort of ability to do things than than sort of bad ideas. Yeah, I'm not sure Hangar 13 um, developed it. I can't remember what else they've done, actually. Um, but... They, yeah, it, it seems like they've done a lot of things quite right. Like, you're right, the facial animations. I can't remember what I was playing at the same time, but every time I went back to Mafia, I was like, this just blows everything out of the water. Mm. Um, but, yeah, there's other areas that they definitely could have probably worked on a bit more. Um, I, I had a couple of examples of, um, like, a quest objective. You just can't interact with it. Um, or, oh. or, a quest, or, or or you're just not being able to interact with a quest giver and you just sort of exit out the game, reload the game and it works or whatever, you know? Um, th- there was one particularly frustrating one was you're, sp- you're supposed to go to a warehouse and get a map of all the um, like important locations in the area. I can't remember if it was places where they're selling <coughs> drugs or something, whatever, it doesn't matter. But you're supposed to find this map in this warehouse and... I went in there and I was like, oh, that's a map. I can't interact with it. I guess it's not the map that I'm looking for. And I moved on and I went all the way through the <laughs> warehouse and couldn't find the map. And I kind of forgot that I was looking for a map. And I was like, well, looks like I've done everything here. There's no sort of objectives going on anymore. Um, and then I sort of went off and did other things. And then I realized that the objective hadn't been completed. And I went back and I was like, okay, I guess I missed where the map was. Looked through the entire place again. The map still wasn't there. And then I went online and looked at it, um, looked at someone like playing through it, and they picked up the map I'd found like right at the start. And I went back and I still couldn't pick it up. And I crouched and I discovered that if you crouch, you can press E on it for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's That's a map that you can only pick up if you crouch and you basically have to pick up this map in order to continue the game <laughs> oh dear um, there's a bunch of other stuff similar to that but that was the most sort of egregious one I um, have been playing God of War and I had a similar glitch um, I was in this like battle arena coliseum looking area and there's a lever mm. that you activate and it raises a platform out of a cage in the ground and it came up and there was nothing on it and I couldn't really do anything, and nothing was happening, so I reloaded yeah. the save. I did the same thing, except this time a fire troll came up, and I was like, <laughs> oh, hi, where were you before? I guess you missed your cue. Yeah, yeah. But isn't God of War 10 out of 10 game of the century? I would say it is a pretty good game <laughs> out of 10. 
pretty good game out of 10. All right. Yeah. Shall I uh, transition and, and keep talking about it? Or yeah. Is, yeah. All yeah, right. Well, we go ahead. Do God we of not War get to talk about what is, we've been playing? Yeah. Is is the big PS4 game at the moment. Um, it's, I think, selling pretty well. Uh, getting pretty crazy good reviews. Um, but I guess my understanding before playing it was it was going to be a walking simulator style game. Um, like, uh, the last of us, um, like many of Sony's cinematic, uh, experiences, um, that seems to be something Sony is, is, uh, driving, uh, in a lot of their games, especially upcoming games like that zombie one, um, is beautiful, detailed open worlds, uh, heavy motion capture use, uh, but, uh, you're a bit linear in terms of progression. That's what I was expecting. Um, and the start of the game is this, uh, you start partway through an event in Kratos' life, uh, him and his son, um, and this is the god of war that has slaughtered all of the Greek Parthenon, and do you know there's seven god of war games or something that existed? I knew that there was like one, two, three, ascension. Yeah, there's like three, and then a, a fourth one that's a prequel, and then two PSP handheldy ones and a mobile phone game uh, and like a, a thousand mobile, remasters of, of collections. You can get the PSP ones remade for PS3 and the PS3 ones remade for PS4 and it's hectic. I had no idea. Um, and anyway, the game starts incredibly mature. Uh, the first God of War games were just like hack and slash with sex mini games, but now you're this dad with a beard and you're trying to raise your son and you don't know how to relate to your son. And so the narrative for that that linear cinematic part was really great. Um, but uh, the other really great thing the game does is the whole game is in one take, quotation marks. It was one shot. Uh, so the camera is always positioned as if the sequence just keeps playing out. Um, when you go through doors or when you fight monsters or enter any combat phase, the camera will is quite smart and quite well-placed. Uh, cinematically, it looks really good. Um, this, of course, really picks up in the first boss fight. Um, this guy comes out, turns out he's some kind of a god, and you fight him. And just the way the camera works in that scene really captivated me. That's when I was like, oh, hang on. I'm not just walking through a woods, uh, like a walking through a wood simulator style game. I'm, this is something bigger than that. The camera takes you through some really cool sequences where you get like thrown around through a house and the ground and environment is getting destroyed around you. It's all scripted, heavily scripted stuff. But just like the way it's thought through and planned and motion captured was quite mind blowing. I was quite impressed by that. Um, so the rest of the game continues with a, like a linear story but actually has quite a lot of backtracking and clever uses of the same terrain. Um, and it kind of becomes a bit like Metroid Prime uh, in that there's a lot of areas you explore, but you can only make so much progress until you gain more abilities or progress in the story. And then you come back through those areas and they kind of open up. Uh, I think some of it is used as padding to pad out how expensive it is to do motion capture story and stuff. But you go through quite a few different terrains, which for this kind of game with such heavy environment detail, I wasn't expecting there to be this many, like this beautiful forest, the snowy mountain stuff, caves. And then you even, because it's Norse mythology, will start reactivating like a Bifrost kind of thing and experience other realms. And that's really cool. Um, so 
I'm quite impressed by the lore. Like everything is really high Viking fantasy. Uh, if you're if you're a fan of like Thor, Marvel Comics Thor, uh, then this do- goes over a lot of that same stuff, but like more vicious and brutal and in depth. Um, and it's really cool seeing that play out, but also just the context of you're this Greek guy in this Viking world, so you know nothing about this lore. This stuff is silly and redundant to you, but your son is like the info character in the game so he's like dad you know this character did this and this god did this and uh like 80 percent of the game's dialogue from kratos is just him breathing in slowly boy (laughs) boy boy don't do that and and my favorite thing is there's a lot of like meta jerks on like how the game is structured so your son will be like dad we gotta help these people they're npcs and kratos will be like Boy, we don't help people unless there's something in yeah. it for us. Stop Ask helping reward, people. Boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> this isn't part of your training. And he's just really keen to do the right thing. And that dynamic, I think, is really fantastic, especially because there's so much dynamic dialogue. There's dialogue where, like, depending on when you go through an area, it's like it's not too different, but there's, like, little tweaks to the dialogue to account for you've been here you've had a conversation about this and this is like a second version of the conversation or you've got this npc now with you and the dialogue has changed a little bit uh when you're on long stretches of downtime on a boat they'll uh uh, kratos will start talking about this guy aesop that he knew and he'll start sharing fables that uh, he was told but very bluntly because he's kratos and doesn't know how to tell a good story um, and they kind of just, yeah, they teach each other life lessons. Kratos is teaching his son how to be a god, and his son is teaching him how to be human. And it's just delightful. Um, combat can be a bit clunky, and I think not... I don't know, it, it's very, like, reflexive, and you're memorizing when to block and stuff. And it's not my favorite style of combat. It doesn't come naturally to me. So I find myself cheesing enemies a bit... Um, and there's a few enemies they throw in there because you're meant to come back later and fight them. I don't really like that. Um, but the fighting looks stunning. You chain a lot of cool attacks. Um, so you have this axe, and it's like the Meow Meow hammer that Thor has. And you can throw it at any time and then press a button to call it back to your hand. And that looks really cool. If it's far away, there's a longer delay before it comes to your hand. You use that to solve puzzles quite a bit. You can throw your axe, freeze a switch, and then swap to Kratos' like, unarmed combat where he has a shield. So you can block stuff, hit things with the shield, beat him up, and that builds up your like uh, kill combo damage. And then you do a cool execution thing. I think it would be nice to have more execution animations because I get quite sick yeah. of the same one. There's like one per enemy type, per enemy, basically. yeah. And they're really cool. Like, before I was fighting a werewolf, and I ripped his jaw off, and then, like, half the front of his body came with it. No, it's sensationally gory. Um, but um, the axe plays a really cool part. You improve on it. So, like, now I can throw my axe. It'll start fighting by itself. I'll, like, block and attack another enemy, and then call the axe back into my hand while the enemy's knocked away, and then continue that chain of attacks into a swing of my axe as it flies back into my hand and stuff like that just makes you feel really badass and i haven't felt that way in a video game in a long time um and so i'm just really it's like a game that is solely built around an enjoyable single player experience you don't have to worry about any dlc or multiplayer or microtransactions or cut con like 
it's really well fleshed out story. It's lasted me a lot longer than I thought it would. A lot of that's to do with backtracking, but backtracking is pretty interesting most of the time. You get rewarded quite often from exploring. Um, and I'm having a really good time playing God of War. Yeah, I've noticed oh. that um, exploration is usually rewarded. Yeah. Um, I... I just reached the first kind of area where it opens up and you get a bit of freedom and I spent most of my time just doing side stuff. I think the very first side activity I ran into, I ran into um, so that the enemy's health bars go from green to purple to how dangerous mm. they are to your relative level and I ran into a purple straight away. So I basically touched a rift and yep. got one hit straight away. Didn't even get time to react to whatever came through. Um, so yeah, that stuff is pretty early on. Um, I'm sort of waiting to see what happens later in the game when you come back. Like clearly you'll be able to, to kill them at some point in the game, but yeah, it's a bit odd having them straight up, but that's okay, I guess. Um, and why are we talking about God of War, Ben? What's the topic? You haven't even told us. Well, (laughs) so the topic we wanted to discuss tonight was... Uh, exclusivity uh, in gaming. So uh, games, especially console games, are notorious for having exclusive games that you can only play that game on this console. This game was only made for this system, for this controller scheme. Um, I wanted to discuss whether that's a good thing or, or not so good thing, especially given most computers and games these days can run cross-platform most specs can run most games and most games are designed to run on a lot of things Uh, there's a few different philosophies about exclusive games Um, but what I first of all I want to know what is your favorite exclusive game that you've ever played before we discuss whether they're bad or good what's an exclusive game you have enjoyed have enjoyed yeah I've enjoyed lots of exclusives. Oh, what's your favourite one that you've enjoyed? Um, I really like the Yakuza series. Um, I guess it's one... And I guess this is kind of breaches into the part of the topic I'd like to discuss as well, which is, um, have you ever bought a console for an exclusive? Mm, um, that's a good question. Yeah, so I... I'm generally Xbox first and then PlayStation second. So I bought a PS3 when Uncharted 2 came out. Um, and I didn't... I guess I didn't specifically buy it for Uncharted, but it was a big factor in, in why I bought one, I guess. Um, and the same with the PS4. I bought a, a, an Xbox One on launch day. And then the PS4 I bought around the time when Bloodborne came out because I like those kind of games. So, um, favourite exclusive? <clears throat> yeah. I'd say I've really, like, I know it's not on my preferred platform, but, yeah, the Yakuza series as a whole would probably be some of my favourite exclusives. Right. How about uh, you, Clancy O'Connor? Um, ha- as someone who's never owned a console oh, PC oh wait exclusive. no I'd... oh yeah i suppose pc exclusives but I, I don't know i don't see things that are exclusive to pc as 
true exclusives because generally when something is exclusive to PC, they're not they're not saying um, we are we refuse to like that. There's no PC market that sort of bought them out of developing for console. They're just saying we don't our games are not suited for consoles or we don't have the resources to make it work on consoles or whatever. That, um, as opposed to when it's, it's cons- when console exclusives happen, there's no reason why this game shouldn't be on PC um, other than the console owners have um, bought them out. Well, so it's a completely different thing, really. PC, uh, PC exclusivity can look like Steam, like Source Engine Valve games are going to be exclusive to Steam. But, uh, well, GOG is pretty generous and offers their games on a lot of platforms. Uh, and Witcher is really the only game they've made. Um, but I guess there's okay, different well, well, formats I, you can I've then ne- get I've never PC played. Games. I don't think I've ever played a game that is deliberately exclusive to PC, is what okay. I'm saying. There sure. Um, and what, what about yeah. uh, what about a game that's exclusive to the hardware of a PC? As in, it's not viable. Yeah, um, a keyboard and mouse. Have you ever played a game like that? Like a Sakura um, Clicker. Is that what they're called? Cookie Clicker? No, Sakura Clicker. You know, those ones where you the, click and the, and the girls get naked? Oh, well, I know what I you're talking about. The only genre I can think of which is absolutely impossible to realistically function on... Um, on a console is RTS because yep. you would just be stupid to try and design an RTS yeah. for console. So, and I guess my favorite RTS is probably StarCraft 2. Okay. So, StarCraft 2? <laughs> sure. That's they did have totally um, Halo Wars was an RTS and it was on Xbox, wasn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Was yep. it terrible? Probably. Um, I never played it because <laughs> it. It wasn't made by Bungie. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested. I'd I'd honestly be interested to see, like, to give that a go <laughs> it to didn't see seem how like awful. well or how badly they managed to make it work. Yeah, because um, the whole thing is like it'd be kind of annoying because you have to click on everything and all that. But um, and it would be kind of annoying having to aim with the thumbstick for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I never played it. My brother owned it though, and um, I don't know. From the parts I saw, it didn't seem like too like awful. But um, I was never interested in playing it anyway. Not because it was like an RTS on consoles, just I just wasn't interested in it. The yeah. true Halo real-time strategy game is trying to play through Halo One without any of the Marines dying. <laughs> Why would you bother? <laughs> you got to treat even, the Marines as your resources. Um, <laughs> a lot you can save yeah, a lot of like them. I feel like there's some points yeah. where Marines just die, and there's like. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, in the original version of Halo, this is a bit of a side story, but in Halo One, uh, there's a, at the very start of the game, a Marine takes up down the hallway, goes through a door, there's an explosion, yeah, gets, gets killed up. from that. But uh, my friends and I hacked the game once so we could change all the assets into other assets. And so we turned every Marine into a warthog. And so the game starts with two cars talking to you. And then he's like, all right, I've got to go now. And he drives off and gets stuck in the door. And I turned to my friend and I'm like, yes, we saved him. We turned him into a car and we saved him. And then you hear a <laughs> ah, in the background and it was all scripted. I was like, oh. I remember there was um, when me and my brother used to play Halo 2. Um, at, on one of the levels, we just we had this one marine that we tried to keep alive for the entire level, and she ended up dying at the end. So it was really upsetting. Oh, but we got pretty far with it. Mm. He became so our, what? He became our child. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> what's What's an exclusive game you've enjoyed, Connor? I mean, 
I mean, I'm a big fan of the Mario games, which are pretty much all yep. exclusives. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mario 64 is one of, uh, one of my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just a heads up for everyone, I'm sick, so I'm going to be really low energy <laughs> in this podcast. But, um, uh, yeah, that. I don't know, I've never, like... Hmm. Do you own a console? Currently, like the current gen ones, um, I only own a Wii U and a Switch. Oh, and a PS2, but that was my own stepbrother <laughs> which he gave to me. Yeah, so the Switch you is kind now of the said, current you, gen. Pardon? I feel like you kind of said I don't own a console. I only own three. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it, I haven't really. I've played like but like heaps of consoles. I've just I haven't really bought my own consoles that much, and like as in like. Also, like, I haven't really bought them for an exclusive. I think the only reason was, um, mm. uh, the Wii U, which I didn't get when it came out, because I was like, I wasn't, I didn't really care for it that much when it was first announced or whatever, I was like, yeah, whatever. But, um... You buy it for bowling? For Wii bowling? No, the Wii has Wii bowling, why would I do that? Oh, the Wii U, yeah, it had yeah, nothing, the sorry. <laughs> sorry. No. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, yeah, the Wii U, um... But when Mario Maker was announced, I was like, oh, that looks really cool. And I actually had money at the time, so I saved up and bought it and got, like, the Mario Maker bundle. I didn't even play it that much either. But Did you did you make any levels? Yeah, I made a few. They weren't very good. Oh, I liked one just... of them. I played one of his levels. Oh, yeah, okay. I did play one of my levels. <laughs> I think it was the um, one that said, God has abandoned us. Like, I just wrote that out and just made it into a can, level. Can you see a game like Mario Maker existing on any other... Platform. They released it for 3DS. 3DS is true. Which I thought it was going to be like I th- when it first ca- announced, I thought it was going to be on um, 3DS and um, Wii U as well when it came out, but it wasn't because I had a 3DS at the time and I was like, "Oh man, I can get this." And I realized it was on Wii U, so I couldn't. Do you mean like technical capabilities, Ben? Or are you talking like well, it's possibility in the future, the placing? So my take on exclusive games and i've bought i think every console i've ever bought i've bought for exclusive games my belief is that um exclusive games usually play better are more polished and make better use of the hardware they're designed for um and that's my preference is developers making games for their platform or their hardware um Mm. And making the best use of that. And those are the games that will always stand out to me and I have the best memories of. Uh, I think a big problem with the game industry is all a lot of the consoles and the technology has kind of plateaued. Uh, and the way we design consoles is a bit different to how it was a couple of years ago. And I think this has made a lot of games become stagnant and people aren't pushing that tech or that development as much, except for Nintendo. Nintendo, I guess, is always going to be the exception to the rule here. Um, but I think the reason people are quite con- uh, content with, you know, games appearing on all platforms and stuff is because they're not, those platforms aren't being pushed as much as they used to. Um, or I think pushing in the wrong direction. I obviously, uh, VR is one direction where they are pushing to exclusivity, and that is one of the most ex- exclusive uh, gaming peripherals and games you can have, because only one person can play, and only if you pay so many thousands of dollars for VR equipment. Um, 
but I think yeah people have we've kind of accepted like all consoles should be the same because I don't want it them to be that different and I'm talking about really Xbox and what is that PlayStation sorry what is that animation for you sliding down the ladder can you do that again sorry sorry to cut you off (laughs) that was ages ago Oh well, I mean it's just. Oh, that's a really cute animation. Doesn't make sense because yeah, the the legs are in the way. But uh, yeah, well, I was more thinking about the fingers. Yeah, <laughs> like you're holding onto one side of the um, the ladder, and like you you can't get a grip like that. It's like a pole. <laughs> They're treating a ladder like a pole. Yeah. Yeah, but you can't treat a ladder like a pole because there's wrongs. <laughs> well, this isn't real life. That's okay. <laughs> You heard it here first in the bonus room podcast. You can't treat a ladder <laughs> like a pole. <laughs> um, so that's, anyway, that's sorry, my take. Ben, go on. I think I think games like Mario sixty four was really specifically designed uh, for that controller and for the sixty four controller. And you can argue later third party games on the sixty four didn't play as well on the sixty four controller. But uh, I think just the feedback the sixty four controller had. It will never feel quite the same on another kind of controller. And that seems very, like, minimal, but I reckon it does make a difference. Even, like, Mario Sunshine was designed to have the analog uh, triggers, and that affects the level of water. And even though you can emulate stuff and have GameCube controllers plugged in via a whole bunch of hacks and stringing things together, I don't think it'll ever feel quite the same way as it did for the, the... running perfectly on the GameCube with those kind of controllers. And I think that level of of polish in a lot of games does make a difference. And so I prefer games to be exclusive. And also, to give me incentive to own a console. I don't mind buying multiple consoles as an adult over time, of course. I think they're pretty affordable for what they are. Um, Why don't you buy them all at once? Well, because they're not affordable in that instance. (laughs) Um, but, and I, I enjoy that there's different stuff on Nintendo that's going to be on Sony. Uh, I enjoy turning to different things, setting up consoles in different rooms of a house, uh, making different spaces for them. Uh, it's kind of fun. I actually enjoy that. So mostly on consoles, um, if you've got more than one, it's a lot easier to game share than it is legally on PC. Can you explain so that? So the only the only argument um, I heard from that that was sort of meaningfully in favour of exclusivity as opposed to just being in favour of consoles in general was the um, like the quality argument. Yes. Um, and to me, it seems why not just make games in the same way as though they're exclusive for console and then also release them on. PCs. Because <laughs> I think because even like from from a development point of view though, if you're developing for a console, you have a specific set of hardware to work with, you know? Generally speaking, yeah, no, until no, these no. half steps. Because yeah. if you release it on PC, you know, what's the difference between AMD versus Nvidia, you know, what's or Intel, what's the difference between this setup and that setup? Um, and it becomes wouldn't it become That's a question like, that that's a question that every PC game has to deal with, and they do. Yeah, but that's more resource that's not... heavy, isn't it? What? It's no more re- resource heavy for a PC to run something than a console to run it. No, 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 I'm talking development, sorry. Oh, 
as in you're you're saying there's there's a significant cost to yeah. making sure something works on another platform. Yeah. Right. I think um, there th- there is a cost, obviously, as you have described, but it's far less than the benefit that they get from being able to sell it on that platform. Right. Okay. So so, so they can access a much larger audience. So they could easily like, port God of War for PC, make it work. Absolutely. And you think it would probably be. And people like viable. me would buy it, and it, oh, yeah. absolutely, yes. Okay, I, I'm not sure. Um, how, I wasn't sure how much it costs to do the work to make sure it works on that because we've seen so many bad ports. I think <laughs> it was Batman Arkham Knight or Asylum oh, yeah. or whatever was just a horribly handled port. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So obviously, you do have to handle it well. And I'm, I'm, and I'm not saying. And even a badly done port, um, I haven't really seen the Arkham Knight thing, but even a badly done port is still going to make some amount of money and that amount of money is going to pay for the cost of doing a bad port. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but then you have the argument of like reputation loss versus, yeah. Yes, we might have made our money back, but yeah. Sorry, I'll stop interrupting. Yeah. The 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 difference comes in, um, and the reason why exclusivity actually exists is because um, the console owners will um, pay the developers not to release on um, other consoles or on PC. Um, no, I, I means... disagree. I... No, that, that is, that's not something you disagree with. That's an actual straight up fact. No, no, no. I think you're underestimating like in-house development. Um, I think the way consoles have gotten to where they are is because they were originally, when you made a console, the core games to that console came from the people that made the hardware in the console. Uh, this is the case for all the Nintendo things. This is the case for Seeger until they weren't able to handle it anymore. Um, this was the idea of Xbox. Um, this is the idea of Sony. Um, those games were made by the people that made the tech and oh obviously yes there's those but yeah. they've got the same incentive um i mean obviously they're not being paid to release only on console it's just in their specific circumstance there's a particular benefit for releasing only on console um so it's still an incentive to release on console not a um not not sort of a disincentive not to but i think those games were made out of a desire to wow the consumer like look what our games on our console can do we can do stuff you can't do on pc we can do this is different now we can do stuff you can't do we do what nintendo don't um there was a real like gauntlet thrown by consoles the playstation exists because nintendo nearly backed into a deal with sony to make a super nintendo with a disc drive and nintendo decided they didn't want disk drives yet. They didn't see that as the future of the technology. And so Sony went away and they're like, we're going to make our own console and we're going to make it bigger and better. And instead of being partners, we're going to build our own skyscraper. Um, so they went and did that. Um, and uh, we've had a lot of experimental consoles fail. Um, but I think it was always the hardware that was driving the development of exclusive games 
and I think we've lost that now because the hardware has mellowed. I don't think the controllers and the inputs we have are the best gaming controllers that will ever be invented. I think we've gotten lazy in trying to push that. Um, and I quite no, enjoy... I mean, for example, keyboard and mouse is straight up better for most genres of games. I don't think so. I don't find keyboard and mouse comfortable. Uh, it's fine for aiming around, but I actually am starting to prefer uh, controllers that have the thumbsticks and also have gyro in them as as a, playing an <clears throat> FPS. Uh, as my body is learning to do that in things like Splatoon and Zelda, I'm having much more fun with that. And then when I play something like God of War that doesn't have gyro, uh, I'm enjoying that less. Um... I think obviously you have more buttons on a keyboard, but I don't think more buttons isn't necessarily good design. I think one big benefit is chatting is easier with the keyboard and probably will always be easier. Um, but like a lot of games, I think, <coughs> the, have made good the, use of exclusive hardware in the exclusive game. Uh, especially a lot of 3DS or DS games have some phenomenal gameplay that you can never create on anything else that wasn't designed specifically for that stylus interface or the two screens. Um, I would say you can't have that kind of gameplay on um, other consoles, but I would say it's viable on PC. No, but well, Nintendo is a special case anyway. Yeah. Nintendo is weird and different. But, but that's um, what I'm saying. I wish more people played into that same level of exclusivity. I wish each console had a, not necessarily a gimmick, but a well-integrated piece of hardware that was somewhat experimental and uh, changed the input of gaming uh, to be to create less metaphor for your actions in the game and create and be more uh, in line with um, like what you're doing as an action as a player. So you want more Nintendos? I, I guess. Well, I want their de- design philosophy. They won't make an IP or an exclusive game unless they have oh. a really interesting gameplay mechanic. I think we lost Ben. Oh, and a, um. and a gameplay mechanic that's unique to their console. Well, look, I think that Sony and Microsoft are just fighting each other and doing the same yeah. things over and over. Um, I agree with you there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's worth bringing a Nintendo really into the... Um, into the discussion because they are so different um, in terms of the devices that they are making they don't I I would side with you on a lot of the talking points about um, Nintendo um, for, because of because of the, a lot of the things that they do um, but that's why they're selling so I, though I, 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 I think the discussion is really only about um, the PlayStation, Xbox and any other consoles that are but, similar vein to that but Nintendo just made 13 million, which is about 3 million more than the PS4 made in their first year. They made 13 million in the first year of sales of the Switch, right? right? I think that had a lot to do with the exclusive games because the Switch's ports and cross-platform games uh, yeah. is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and what I'm saying is, sure, ex- exclusive games... Um, uh, could be what's selling Nintendo um, platforms, but it's the Nintendo platforms that make that exclusivity meaningful. Because as you were saying, they've got styluses and touchscreens yeah. and stuff, which other platforms don't, and which um, don't 
quite work on PCs even. Um, although some, you know, there is starting to be touchscreen PCs and stuff, so whatever. Um, anyway, the the point is Nintendo does things differently enough that it, I would say it actually makes sense for them to have exclusive games. Okay. Um, but it, it is meaningful to develop something specifically for Nintendo and not bother to port it to PC because it would be so different on PC or port it to other consoles because it would right. be so different. But you're saying because PlayStation and Xbox don't show that much uh, difference, uh, they might as yeah, well, well just release multi-platform every title. Um, at, at the very least, um, from the developer perspective, there's no reason why a PlayStation game shouldn't be ported to Xbox and vice versa. Um, other than, as I said, being paid not to. Hmm. Look, yeah, I think Ben brought up some good points about internal studios, but it's kind of Sony that only has the internal studios now. Microsoft don't. Well, they, but the thing is, I think Microsoft had them. Like, if Microsoft had, had yeah. maintained a lot of their studios, mm. I reckon they would be selling much better. As the biggest criticism is their lack of games, but they shut yeah. down all those studios and gutted them to the point where they could no longer even exist. And well, it baffles me. That also brings up an interesting point. Like now we've entered this half stage of generation. Um, do you think that the power of the console matters anymore? Because Microsoft had the most powerful console, but mm. it's not necessarily winning on the gaming front like what's the point of having a gaming you know a 1080 ti gaming pc for your players counter-strike i would actually say that the power of the consoles is not only does it not matter it's creating an issue because it's creating the the fact that we can create incredibly high fidelity um games um and sort of incredibly complex games means that people expect that level of complexity um, which is increasing. It, it, it may be more viable on the consoles, but it, it's no more viable in terms of actually developing the games. So it, it means that to develop, to develop a game that functions um, on the level that people want um, is now becoming more and more expensive and less and less viable um, to do it I, sort of economically. I agree. Um, which... And... If and it's not really what's actually valuable in games, mm. um, it, it it means that attention is drawn away from sort of good gameplay and good storytelling and so forth, and it's just people are spending so much energy on just making sure that their sort of graphics and stuff is on par with the latest mm. um, competitors. God, God of War is really impressive visually, like quiet sir and they do a lot to hide and mask its shortcomings very creatively and cleverly and it doesn't suffer a narrative at all but you can tell the places where you know i should be able to climb over this rock but i'm locked into this area because that's not what this game is this game is about the good visuals and you can't have that good visuals without making it a limited controlled experience or even um you know, God of War is going to always be a game that's single player because you can't run split screen uh, anymore because the games are so demanding and resource heavy um, that 
you know, you, mm. you'll drop too much frame rate running another screen. Uh, I, I'm yeah. assuming God of War is 30 FPS. Um, yeah, I don't think it holds 60. Yeah, even on it would pro. not be able to run at 60 FPS. We have kind of superior, more fluid technology, but we hold it back because we keep pushing the power and uh, visual fidelity of games. Yeah. Which is, which, yeah, I think is a shame because, yeah, I think more game, exclusive games were a bigger deal, a lot because they're multiplayer. Like, you can only play this game multiplayer with friends on this console. All my friends. Yeah, like Halo, back in the day. Halo was. Yeah, everyone had to have an Xbox. That was a big driving force to get an Xbox, was connecting with friends. Yeah. yeah. uh, You can only play this MMO on PC. Everyone get a PC and play it here. Um, I think multi-platform with multiplayer has has ruined a lot of that experience because you know you will buy a game on this thing because you have access to that but it's also out on this other platform but they've got different servers because we haven't quite built that cross infrastructure well no we all know why that's not don't answer the issue money (laughs) no it's sony sony it's not money Oh yeah, Sony. Sony. That's what I mean. Sony aren't willing to go there, but Fortnite I mean we are bridging Microsoft that. and Switch and PC, which is encouraging. Yeah, Fortnite um, proved that it's possible technically. Yeah, yeah. it definitely they is quote, possible. Yeah, they, um, yeah, and and I believe Microsoft's making a lot of steps in terms of making sort of Windows and sort of Xbox platforms work yeah. together effectively. Yeah, they're being weirdly. Um, positive about Be- it which they're doing because they own both of them yeah. unlike sony who doesn't own an os yeah <laughs> um but even the switch now has oh we'll have two games that let you log in via other things uh the what's the car soccer one uh rocket car league. soccer rocket league ah, <laughs> um, car soccer simulator and, and um minecraft um you can actually log in with your xbox live onto the switch minecraft um and use the the master chief skins in the mario skin pack uh which nice. is pretty bizarre um but finally like, the two characters you, you, everyone's been asking to get together that's right the mario halo mashup mushroom wars <laughs> combat evolved <laughs> um so that's that's really good but yeah I, I think like multiplayer split screen is not a big focus anymore um and that's affected the need for uh exclusive games i think it's actually it's yeah, which is really a shame because to me that multiplayer um, like split screen is like one of the only reasons I can ever really see myself bothering to get a console. Yeah, yeah. Um, Indie games have really taken yeah. up that space though, which has been good because there's That's been true. a bunch of creatively different multiplayer experiences. Yeah, yeah. and so getting them on different kind of platforms because they're multi-platform has been great like the fact that a whole bunch of uh indie party games and couch co-op have been released on the switch despite the fact i passed them on the pc uh means that they're now a better they get more use because i can actually have them in different locations with the switch being portable uh i can bring them to parties and stuff and they're quite fun because everybody brings their switch to parties yep if you want to have a raucous kegger. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Every time I have a rooftop party, I bring my Switch. Well, everyone, everyone's got to have a Karen in their friend group. Yeah. Get old Karen and bring in a Switch. <laughs> <sighs> it's like yeah. on, the, on the Switch ads where like all their college friends 
like in an underground parking lot playing Switch. I'm I'm really disappointed that Arms was not successful enough to spawn an under car park fighting club <laughs> of people meeting up and playing Arms. I'm also yet like to play Splatoon with eight people in the same room uh, having tournaments. I don't know why that doesn't happen. <laughs> I like to I just I just like to imagine them these people playing Arms while there's like a group of Asian men, old Asian men with eye patches throwing money into a ring. <laughs> well, there's like. <laughs> I don't think um, I don't think anyone's playing arms to be honest. No, so I'm not sure you'll ever get your wish. Nah, that was a which was unfortunate because I, I would ask what what it was like. It looked pretty cool, but it's it's fun and like technically, it's a big solution to the fighting game scene problem. Uh, There's so much variety and actual skill mastering in arms. The problem is it just doesn't appeal to people. There's not quite enough content to enjoy it as a single-player game, and no one is engaged in it to make it a good multiplayer game. <laughs> yeah, um, Nintendo don't often miss the mark that that big. Well, I don't think, anyway. Yeah. I think there's still a chance to redeem it with ARMS 2 if they fully go all out on the content. Mm. And Smash Brothers makes the character more popular. Yeah. What? what about... What's your thoughts on games that... Uh, I multi-platform, but they have exclusive content um for like the Destiny. platform that they're on. I was on. just about to say that the um the current trend is more you do a deal with Activision and get an exclusive skin, or you get DLC early, or oh yeah, I'm not or a fan like, of it. Um, to be honest, Soul, I'm not a fan of it. Like Soul Caliber Two had an exclusive character based on the console. And that character yeah. was unique to that, except for the street, the Tekken character was unique to that console. So what Soul Calibur on GameCube, yeah, Soul Calibur oh. on GameCube had Link, and then Soul Calibur on uh, Xbox had actually had a pretty weird character. I think it might have been like Spawn or didn't, something from like. Didn't Tottenham they do that with Spawn. five? With what? They did it with five. They had Yoda and Darth Vader on that was four. And Xbox. Yeah, oh, four. Had, sorry, I think. Yeah, they had Yoda and Darth Vader, and then you could unlock Starkiller in both. Which was... That's got to be the weirdest crossover that's ever happened. What? Um, um, Yoda and Soul Calibur. Nah, what are they doing now? Are they doing another weird one? They're doing uh, Witcher, Geralt. Noctis. But, oh, Geralt, yeah. That's but right. that makes sense in the Witcher lore, because Geralt can come through portals made by Ciri. Like, but he hates it. Yeah, and so he's just going to badmouth being in a Japanese big booby fighting game I think it'd be hilarious do even the men have big boobies or is it just the women um some of the men mm. <laughs> is that like it's own character it's own like category of games Japanese big booby fighting yeah okay I must have I must have missed that do you know uh was it uh one of the street fighter games has realistic sweat mechanics so no. clothing becomes more transparent the longer the fight goes on why am I not surprised? Mm, only in Japan. <laughs> ben, that's racist. It's not. It is. <laughs> We're not racist on this podcast, Ben. I won't. won't have right, any I'll, I'll re-go over the style guide and read the guidelines. Yeah. <laughs> um, e- even against Macedonians. 
Actually, one of the interesting things with the Switch, uh, this isn't really an exclusive thing, but one of the things with the Switch is a lot of <coughs> indie titles have sold really well. Yeah, and A that lot is... of people have held off mm. buying stuff because they're like, oh, it's coming to Switch. Like mm. um, um, Stardew Valley and Shovel Knight and all but that. It, but even well, indie titles that have been out for a long time, developers are saying it's sold three times as much on the Switch as it has ever on PC. How bizarre you just is take, that? Yeah. Because you can just take the Switch with you anywhere as well. Yeah. What about, based on that, how much do you think, like, age groups appealing to certain platforms affects sales mean, or like, exclusivity? So, like children for Xbox and adults play PlayStation? Yes, that's probably <laughs> how those demographics <laughs> line up. That's, um, that's or, what you like, want to say. Are indie games selling more on the Switch because it's easier for kids to buy stuff through an eShop with card things from eb games than it is buying through steam and converting american currency are you saying kids are dumb yes but no but i just i'm wondering if like i agree with that sentiment Um, if having exclusives that appeal to an age demographic for your console or platform is a big part of the strategy um Look, I guess the amount of data that's out there now, like, they definitely know who their age demographics are. Um, I'm always surprised how well sports games like FIFA, not only how well they sell, but how well the microtransactions in themselves. Europe. It's all Europe. Is it? Yeah, like FIFA sells crazy. No, 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 no. <laughs> FIFA sells a crazy man in Europe, um, and to the point where the PS2 was kept in like service, and like they kept manufacturing FIFA games for that for so long, purely because Europe's numbers on the PS, like Europe's number of ownership of PS2 is ridiculous. Just like it's one of the few consoles that kind of made it to every like. Europe country and like far parts of Russia and and a lot of the Slavic you know countries. The, the, like, there's another word you can use: European, not Europe European, country, right? Europe country. <laughs> like, just <laughs> it didn't it didn't matter if you didn't have plumbing in your post-war apartment block. Like, you had a PlayStation Two connected with FIFA running. Um, maybe you used it to cook as well, but you Dang, definitely man. had a PS2. <laughs> no, but it's a big factor. Um, I guess. You guess. <laughs> I yeah, know, well, definitively, with all my brain. <laughs> all right. That Europe is the sole sales point for FIFA. And the PS2, yeah. I've been standing at this door for ages. Go not in. opening it. Wait, no, did you not? Right. I figured it out. Rude not to knock. Um, Are you a vampire? Did you, <laughs> you may sorry, come in. Ben, did you say if you've ever bought a console for an exclusive? Yeah, all all I buy all my consoles because of For an exclusive. Yeah. So in you fact, wait. Well, I bought my PlayStation Four early to play games I knew would come out on the PlayStation Four. So, um, I had money at the time from like inheritance, and so I could afford a PlayStation Four, and I knew I would buy one, so I bought one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I don't think I missed out on 
too much money. I had to wait a little while for games. So I am one of the five people that played NAC 1. Um, but <laughs> wait, they just gave it away for free. Maybe six people have done it now. That's true. It's probably going up. But not, not when the superior NAC 2 exists on the market. NAC 2, the greatest game um, in history. And I've enjoyed quite a few of the PlayStation exclusives. Uh, however, I think a lot of the franchises I was expecting have died from Sony. Um, or transferred hands. I think Sony has had an unfortunate amount of mascots become, like, multi-platform. Uh, like Crash Bandicoot mean, and Spyro now. Uh, like the Knack guys? What was their name? Was it Knack Man? I think it's just called Knack. Uh, I don't know. That sounds What, dumb. the character in Knack? Yeah. Yeah, his yeah, name is Knack. called Knack. That's why it's called Knack. <laughs> I would have called him Knack. What's, what's Sonic the Hedgehog's Knack. name? Isn't his name like Sonic the Knuckles. Man, the Hedgehog? Yeah, his friend Knuckles. Knuckles. <laughs> Uganda Knuckles. Um, well, don't ever say that again. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Do you reckon VR chat will ever not be a PC exclusive? I see something taking its place. Something equally terrible taking its place? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think VR chat programs with that level of customization will probably pick up, especially as VR technology becomes more common. You mean more affordable? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I'd imagine... um, Because... If it's on, like, a console or something like that, all the... You know how people create their own avatars and levels would be a lot harder to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true, that's a big feature. On a console, then it would be on a PC, yeah. You'd have to do it from an official storefront type thing. Yeah. And it'll just be like, when they... It'll just be like, oh, now you could buy avatars with in-game money that you have to pay real money for, and they'll do all these weird... It'll be like that... What was that thing that's that... the best. <laughs> oh, yeah. Creation uh, the, the, hub or something, or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone loved that, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, dude, it was like the... It was like the winner of... Was that E3 2017 or 2016? Like the first time they tried it, or...? Uh, the, um, the... Oh, no, Skyrim Special Edition one. Where they, it's like the Creators Hub, whatever it was called. Yeah, I think they tried it. Didn't go down so well. Pulled it and then tried it again. <laughs> and now they're just running with it. Yeah. I don't know how well it's doing or not, but... I still don't think it's too well received. Mm. Oh, that's what. Yeah. You got anything else to say on exclusives, Ben? Um, there should be more of them, and I will buy them. Okay. <laughs> no, I think. Should yeah, be. I don't know. I think there was this. I mean, this is nostalgic as hack. I'm looking back with rose-colored glasses, but I think there was a nostalgic aspect to. Um, consoles having their little flagship team of these are the exclusive experiences on the console and i think that was encouraging and inspiring to other developers uh i think now it's a bit more about the money and so all these studios close down and no one takes risks and invests in companies and you can probably make more money by putting everything out there but i think uh we've lost i don't know a bit of a a spark uh in that 
yeah. <clears throat> it's probably hard to define and it's probably a little bit of me being too wistful about it like um xbox's number one exclusive uh of course uh blink's time sweeper well yeah microsoft was so hellbent on trying to compete with mario <laughs> That they created all these mascot games that a lot well, of them have Blake's quite interesting the... gameplay, or they brokered a deal with Sega to get unique games to the Xbox. And Jet Set Radio Future uh, is one of the most interesting games I've probably ever played. Uh, well, they and... originally wanted Blinks the cat to be yeah, you know, mascot he was a mascot. Voodoo Vince they... was a mascot, but um, no, but isn't like do you know how like you know Nintendo was Mario, Sega yeah. has Sonic. That kind of mascot where, like, yeah. it's the face of the console. But, um, because they, because Master Chief was too violent. <laughs> and then, so they didn't want him to be like the, but then he ended up becoming it anyway because no one liked, no one played Blinks, I guess. Yeah. And Halo was an excellent game. Uh, we used to have it on Xbox and I accidentally scratched up the disc really bad and couldn't play it anymore. That's the end of that story. That's sad. Maybe you yeah. can buy it digitally now. <laughs> I don't remember it being... I mean, it's an okay game. It's just... I was obviously joking when I said it was their greatest exclusive Yes. Ever. No, you're wrong, because Blinks 2 was the greatest exclusive. Oh, because God. you could play as the picks. You could play as the and picks, And they right. could customize like, character holes in time and space. And it was pretty you awesome. You just create black holes. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is odd. They had, like, a... One of your abilities <laughs> was a Looney Tunes hole. Like, you could put down a hole in the ground oh, yeah, and, like, right. hide in it and zip it up. And then, yeah. like, an enemy could come by and you could, like, jump out. It was, like, the best stealth mechanic. We used to have the demo of that. On, like, yeah. do, you, do you remember when um, Xbox Australia magazine used to release those little... The ma- they used to release the magazines that came with, like, the little colored discs that had the yep. five games on the demos. The demos. We used to have a bunch of them. Nice. Like, one of them had that Blinks 2 on it. And uh, we used to play it a bunch. I had one with yeah. a really early Psychonauts trailer. And that was, like, oh, the yeah. most terrifying trailer. I don't know. Something about the music and the way, like the heads were floating and the art style was really unlike anything else it really yeah. traumatized me as a kid and i never wanted to play psychonauts and then i played it when i was much older i was like oh this game's hilarious and amazing <laughs> hilarious yeah, and amazing that. yeah hilarious and amazing but yeah i think i don't know i think there's good brand identity in exclusives as well like god of war i think does feel at home on the ps4 and is an interesting attraction to me playing the PlayStation. I think the thing now is, though, a lot of the exclusives seem to be... I mean, this is just a sign of the times in general, but they seem to be um, sequels. Yeah. I mean, games... A lot of, Like I said, a lot of games in general now are just sequels anyway because people don't want to take risks, but I'd like to see more uh, first-party or, yeah, I'd like to see more new ip coming from um first party studios like yeah not that scalebound was being made by a first party studio <laughs> but you know it was something new and they killed it before it even came to light which is kind of disappointing i really wanted um, to play as some hip-hop kid flying in a dragon that game looked amazing <laughs> there was a lot of things that uh, i didn't necessarily go for the character style but the gameplay looked pretty cool and it was going to be co-op. Let's all just spend another minute thinking about Scalebound and what we've lost. Being co-op, yeah. Mm. <sighs> Online co-op. That would have been fun. For what did they replace time. it with? Another I think they, I game. Think they, they cancelled another Fable game. <laughs> They're like, we're replacing Scalebound by cancelling another Fable game. <laughs> well, look, that's probably... 
I do you wanna... think? Hang on. Do you think in our lifetime? Because I hear they're trying to reboot Fable. Do you think we'll ever live in a time where you can Fable play a Fable, Fable game? Because oh. I, I read a Xbox magazine in, in the early two thousands, and that's what it promised about Fable One. Of course, when you marry the mayoress, you can't kill her because that's not a feature in the game. Peter Molyneux was lying. Do you think we'll ever be able to kill a mayor in a video game and become mayor? No, but you're married um, to the man. You cover up the crime. I feel like if you kill the mayor, you should be put in jail, not become the cool. mayor. Yeah. What if you yeah, do you're in don't get caught? Yeah. No, you can't just Clearly, it doesn't take damage. That you didn't get caught. <laughs> if you put on if you put on the mayor's um, hat, you become yeah. the mayor. Unless, unless, it's, like like how unless it's like some Sorry. weird society that Yeah, what if it What if it's like mm. this weird society where the only pl- like the only way to become mayor I mean, that's how kings worked for thousands and thousands of years. Being killed by other people that want to become the mayor. Yeah, but... Yeah. Because they had to make you the king. Well, There's you became all, like, the king in Fable 3, didn't you? Cause the king was too ambitious at this point. Why would you want to be a mayor if you could be a king? They couldn't render kings yet. Mm. Crowns. Do you know how hard it is to uh, design like an eight-pointed yeah, like crown? Crazy technology back then. Having yeah. What do you think? Peach's game? crown only has three points. Nintendo don't yeah, have man. the crown rendering technology. Jewels. I don't. That's right. <laughs> <sighs> All right. I mean, that's a podcast. <laughs> this conversation's got. No, this conversation's gotten weird. What about... Oh, we didn't even talk about mobile exclusives. Honestly, no. How many games Honestly, are there on oh, mobile no, app didn't. stores that are total exclusives and not uh, asset? I mean, they fit... But they, they come under the same category as Nintendo. Though. No, but... Like, it makes sense for them to be exclusive. Uh, I'm when, kind of being facetious. When app stores mobile were new, there was a ton of fantastic games that made and... use of, like, touch features and gestures. And uh, that's why the mobile game industry boomed, because there were legitimate games you could never have played before that were really fun. Uh, the only one I can think of was there was a really awesome rolling one where you were like a ball that rolled around and you could like tilt your phone and yeah no no it yeah, was that was, it was super ball. it had like a whole story I was gonna mode say that sounds like <laughs> not a mobile game um yeah no 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 no, it wasn't 3D ball rolling. It was like 2D, but like was it super monkey ball really? to rotate the stage. Yeah, was it super it was awesome. monkey ball on the DS? Um, but yeah, then they got killed by microtransactions like and people copying. And now the marketplace is so saturated with games that you can find on like every mobile phone. Freemium games. Like those games where it's like that... There was like this Smurf game that someone I knew had and you could like buy a... Like, there was like it had like the you could buy like a pile of Smurf berries or like a wheelbarrow of Smurf berries and one of them was like the biggest one was like a hundred dollars of real money of like a hundred thousand Smurf berries or something. Yeah, why not? Why would you not spend your real money on a mobile game? Exactly. Like a real <laughs> Smurf why, berry why not, bush, not why a would digital. I want to spend that hundred dollars on something way more useful and enjoyable. Do you think Gargamel was right? right? Do you think you Smurfs were delicious? Your own, you could manifest your own Smurfs. Ben, if you can... $100. Oh. Um, 
I wouldn't think so. They'd have bones yeah. and blood and organs. It would be pretty kind of yeah. But Smurfs are pretty small. I feel like their yeah, bones so would just like chicken add a little bit of crunch. You, you know. Yeah, but you don't eat a chicken whole. You just cook it and t- cook the meat. Well, why would your automatic assumption be that we're eating Smurfs raw but, without cooking them? <laughs> I don't know. I just imagine like some giant grabbing Smurfs and eating them. I can't imagine a cooked Smurf. Yeah, imagine because that's what. Because well, in, in season one, Gargamel to wants to turn the Smurfs yeah. into gold. They'll be too small but as in well. Season two, like you wouldn't get he much wants meat to put them, them in a pot and eat them. Into gold. I didn't even know. Oh, maybe he was, like, he was just maybe that he's poor. Just a weird guy who that like he gave up on his ambition to gold and like just desperate eat anything. Giving up on gold. Or hoarding gold. I feel like if you're poor, gold's a great thing to be ambitious about. <laughs> yeah. How would he, like... Also, in that universe, how would he transfer no, that gold into getting cash? Getting gold. So no. you could use it to buy... Because it's medieval times. Gold, like. You can just trade gold yeah, for anything those exist in, in the Smurf world? Haven't you played a video game? Well, then what's he going to do with the gold? Yeah, but how's he going to value that gold? Like, yeah, but how's he going to value sight. that gold as well? If, like, oh, yeah, one this gold, gold Smurf, looks like that much of a cow. And then you trade. Exactly. It's called bartering. What's he going to buy with it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel like this has gone. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. How does many Papa Smurfs Smurf would you worth train more gold, gold than a regular Smurf? Um, how many Smurfs are there in the world? She should be worth less because she's actually an artificial um, Smurf. What about Smurf? Because she's the there only There is no like, female. natively female yeah, like Smurf. Rare. Yeah. Cause this is the this is the show. This what? is the cartoon. Like, oh no, that's right. Gargamel made her and she know? was evil mm. and she was made to seduce also, and trickle makes the Smurfs. Because the- they'd it never seen a woman so before. I watched a lot of the Smurfs as a kid. <laughs> yes. Why do you know so much about the Smurf universe? Yes. Hang hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Um, if all the Smurfs are male, naturally, there is a reason. Right? I think they new Smurfs only appear every they just like lay eggs like a hundred or every thousand years or something. I feel like they're like Cabbage Patch Kids, and they just okay, get grown so, out of the ground. So if 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 they don't reproduce, they just sort of appear. Why um, are they attracted to a female Smurf? That's a very good question. <laughs> She's a very attractive That's Smurf. Legit. Ben, don't and Google it, you like gotta use your knowledge. And <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, like, you know, even when she's nice, every Smurf yeah, is attracted to her. Like, they're always trying to win her flowers and get her affection. The only Smurf that's, like, not that attractive is Pop- Papa Smurf, but he, like... Yeah, but he, like, always, like, gives a special treatment as well. That's because he's, like, old enough to be a dad. Okay, okay, okay here's, how, here's how Smurfs are born. <laughs> this is how Smurfs are born. During a so blue moon so night, a stork leaves a baby Smurf Googled at the door of a Smurf house and leaves. Okay. The Smurfs quickly hand the baby to one another until it ends up... Oh, this is how specifically baby Smurf was born. Yeah. Yeah, and then they have to raise it. But now now that Smurfette like is here, the then they just give it to Smurfette. To, has, to, has to take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time. Wow. It was, was Belgium in the 80s. It was different. <laughs> the Smurfs is so secretly sexist. <clears throat> 
Yeah, 80s isn't that long ago. Yeah, Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you for listening to the bonus Smurf I, bonus room ben, podcast. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yes, covering all your Smurf. We are the number one Smurf <laughs> podcast <laughs> on Smurf tunes. Um, we are also on uh, Wishka, uh, and uh, hopefully on iTunes by the time you're listening to this. That's right. Um, you can email. Yeah, yeah, we'll get it done. You can email us at uh, someone what's the email gets that address sorted out. <laughs> and gmail.com and you can ask us anything and we'll do it we're that desperate for emails um and <laughs> you can yeah we will kill connor if you ask us to we will i'm willing to put take out an organ live once a week um <laughs> do it <laughs> Um, you can watch us streaming sometimes. I don't need my appendix. That. Take Apparently it out. Apparently, kids are these days. Um, and yeah, you yeah. kids you catch kids our YouTube you. channel where we upload um, exclusively Fortnite content. Funny Fortnite fails. Um, you know, and like, yeah. Thank you for listening to this very Top exclusive podcast uh, that you can only hear in your mind. Yeah. Uh, good night, everybody. <laughs>